Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics, each of the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wigellin. I'm here to join today with two guests today. We got Vinny Monea and Jordan Lang on the podcast. Welcome back, guys. Nice to have both of you. Ahoy, hoy. Hello, hello. How have you guys been? What's new? I know we just talked with this off mic, but why don't we tell the listeners? Um, well, I think I've said I'm doing good. Living the dream. That's all we need to know. That's so, all we need to know. So, uh, 20 I, minute story coming I have on. A, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have a final exam uh, on Thursday next week. Uh, so, that's actually a huge amount of what I've been doing lately is studying for that. Do you feel well prepared? I never do for final exams, but I think I will be. Still. Have you ever failed one before? No, actually. Then don't you have not shit to worry about, my yeah. friend. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'll still be a nervous wreck like the day before the exam. <laughs> so Vince is nervous and Jordan is good. <laughs> Jordan, every time you're on the pod, you are the provider of our alcohol source. What are we drinking tonight? And I'm sure if you're a regular listener, you kinda have an idea. We are drinking kombucha. Kombucha wine, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you have an estimate uh, ABV on these? Actually, um, so uh, I've got three bottles in the house. I have an announcement. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I am now selling. I will try to shut up. I am now selling this kombucha. Ooh. So. Are, you, are you telling me I owe you money for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is an advertisement segment. So oh, I, cool. I actually like have friends who are buying it for me now. Nice. Uh, so okay. I, I normally don't even drink my own kombucha anymore because people are just buying it so quick. So I have yeah. to set these ones aside. Um, and I have no idea. I have not sampled it. We're pretty much going in blind, but this is about my fifth batch of the ones I've been selling mm-hmm. and they've been pretty consistent. I'm trying to nail that down. Half my friends have ended up dead from drinking these. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying like one and a half of us will walk out of here. Yes. All right. Hopefully Good it's boy. me and half events. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only fair. I, I, uh, yeah. I, you created it. Yeah. Died. <laughs> so anyways, I would estimate probably over 6%. So Call me and, too hard, baby. And so, so Jordan, so what, what's the uh, average uh, price range you have set for this delicious uh, fermented beverage? So I have friends who want regular kombucha, and then I uh, want friends who want wine kombucha. So uh, the regular stuff is... Really, those sound effects in this mic. I know. <laughs> Every time. Uh, so, like, the... It's, like, six... So, it's, I sell them in, like, uh, larger bottles. Essentially, I do, like, growler fills. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, they return the bottles back to me. But it's uh, $6 for the regular, and then it's 9 for the wine. Gotcha. Uh, but it's... Honestly, it's more of an inflated price to uh, kind of support the kombucha venture, because mm-hmm. I'm upgrading things. Um, I'm actually going to have a, a keg set up, a kegerator... And have it on sure. tap, uh, probably within the next month or so. Well, Hell that yeah, that dude. makes me happy to hear it's actually that's a, a profitable venture for you. Yeah. Wait. So yeah, how much did you, did you how much did you sell a growler full of them? Uh, well, a growler full. Um, well, a seven hundred fifty milliliters. So it's like a wine bottle's amount. And how much do you sell uh, it for? Six for regular, nine for the uh, the wine. Kombucha. That sounds like a fucking deal. It, it's yeah. A, it's okay. I would say I inflate the price a little bit more, and my friends know this. It's uh, two. Uh, 
just like you know give me some more funds mm. i've only made like profit wise like maybe a hundred or so dollars and it's gonna cost <laughs> me about a grand with all the extra supplies yeah. for because mm-hmm. right now i'm doing five gallons at a time per so, month if you want to donate like, to jordan's startup you can yeah, yeah. Nice. You can give me money and it will go straight to the food. <laughs> beer number one sport all right well we forgot to try this let's try this real quick cheers boys cheers, cheers. Yep, taste uh, ooh, a little more sour than normal. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm making sure I'm hitting those uh, probiotic levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is gonna oh. make my gut rot go away, right? Yeah, that, no, this is great. This does, is right? Nick. What you mean to say is this is very good for our microbiomes. Ah, uh, yes, uh, of oh, course. <laughs> wait, I didn't even name drop my company. What's the company name? Uh, Camp Bucha. Ha! Camp that's Bucha. really clever. I love that. Yeah. Jordan is a camping star. If you listen to his last episode, he did use his holdup for that. So, yeah. but uh, on to the world of sports. Yeah. Oh boy. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> big news uh, in Detroit sports is Mark Antonio, who mm-hmm. just retired abruptly from Michigan State. His replacement has just been found. And me, being as super prepared as I normally am, definitely don't remember his name, but I think it's something Tucker. But mm-hmm. the main the main thing is, this was their second choice, but he'd already said no, he's not going to go to Michigan State like a couple days ago. And then they asked like five other people, they all said no. So it looked like that um, uh, the, the, the football program was in a tailspin. Mm-hmm. But then Michigan State decided to pony up a large, large amount of cash to this guy, making him like the 13th highest paid coach in the nation, nation who is unproven, who went 5-7 and seven last year in Colorado. But the uh, worry is over. They found their coach. We'll see what it goes. And at least it's a fresh fa- face on a program that is in desperate need of an uplift, or a facelift, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, we got the debut of the XFL. Did you guys watch? Yeah, so so I heard that, like, so the the xfl it's it's supposed to be like football but with less injuries or the rules are different and they're made to be so there are less injuries is that correct uh no i think it's football with more injuries (laughs) oh i think their slogan is for the love of the fans and one of the big things that Uh the fans were like shitting on the nfl for is making the rules too safe what and you know this is vince mcmahon you know who vince mcmahon is right no creator of uh wwe like Uh pro wrestling wrestling. okay Yeah, so like, yeah, this guy's a fucking maniac. Of course, he's gonna make it more violent. Yeah, wow. I mean, he already doesn't care about the wrestlers. Like, uh-huh. He's definitely not gonna care. Give right, two shits <laughs> about these football players. But the cool thing is, there's a lot of like, it's it's a because so the XFL was a thing back like 20 years ago, but it failed miserably because it was super gimmicky and mm-hmm. stupid. Like they had player was were allowed to make their own names. Like they literally had a guy with an, on his back called He Hate Me. <laughs> classic name <laughs> but, <laughs> but now they're trying to make it more Sounds like, like one, a D character made by you nick <laughs> probably <laughs> that's my next one look out <laughs> um uh but they have a, a couple of subtle rule changes um notably the extra point there's no kicking for an extra point now you can like line up closer and farther away from the end zone after you score a touchdown to get the extra point and you'll get one two or three points based on the distance um but the, my favorite rule is the uh how they do officiating in it like it's very transparent like so if they go to over to review a call like you're in there in the booth with the guy and you can hear how he's his rationale towards calling these plays and like you can hear him talking to the refs on the field 
It's really weird. It's really cool though because it makes you like it makes doesn't seem like a conspiracy theory anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it brings the audience into decision making and so right. you understand the judgment behind the decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it creates a lot more trust in. Uh, yeah. So that's not really like a rule. It's just how they're you know they're carrying out how they're doing uh, calls. Right. And they, I like that. I think the NFL should adopt the, that. The NFL needs to adopt that because that is a fucking genius rule that's going to make everyone a lot more happy and not like being like, oh, they just gave this game to the Cowboys, you know, because you know, Cowboys are the favorite team. Like, if you have, if you can hear the people making these decisions and going through the rationale and watching them go back and forward through these replays. Yeah, that like, transparency is not going to hurt mm-hmm. anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the NFL is so afraid to change the shit, but like, well, all because it's, it's there like, is conspiracy. I, yeah, I, right. Well, it's I have a I have an uncle who's a, a referee at uh, at U of M Ann Arbor. Okay. Okay. And so I'm actually going to be really interested to talk to him this weekend about that and what he thinks about that. Okay. Yeah, there's some other subtle rules like that are like really. Uh, meant to speed the game up and then slow it down at the end to make it comebacks more possible. Mm-hmm. But another crazy oh, thing, like they the do, blue shell in Mario Kart, right? Yeah, <laughs> like they have like they have the, for the last two minutes, like the time stops for like five seconds between plays, no matter what. When normally the clock would run if you're on the ground. Mm. Um, but another cool thing they do is they have like sideline interviews, like during the game, all throughout the game, and like reporters can run onto the field during like non-action times and like you know like so you just fumbled the game away how does you how do you feel (laughs) (laughs) and like that's something that fucking happens there like they'll interview people on the sidelines like the players like can swear into the mics and shit and they're already on three different major networks last weekend they're Uh on like fox cbs and abc i think Mm -hmm. and uh yeah um totally i think might be successful there's only eight teams so you all got to declare your allegiance i think i'm uh declaring allegiance to the new york guardians because there isn't a michigan team correct correct there is the new york guardians the tampa bay vipers seattle dragons uh houston roughnecks st louis Battlehawks. um i'm trying to see if i can get three more but um uh Something Renegades. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm fucking. I'm pledging oh, d- allegiance to the dragons. Yeah, the dragons. I like <laughs> just Seattle? because they're dra- it's dragons. Yeah, it's cool. Let's Dallas go with dragons. dragons. Yeah. Is it Dallas dragons or Seattle dragons? Seattle dragons. Okay. Now, now for their mascot, do you know? Is it a metallic or a chromatic dragon? Um, it's green dragon. Oh, so be chromatic. Ooh. Yes. And uh, remember, <laughs> oh green, green dragons are immune to poison attacks, and they're the most socially manipulative of all dragons. Yeah, Thank well, you for that insight, Dungeon Master. Maybe that's Vince. why they yeah, lost their welcome. first game. <laughs> Adventure. Oh, Jordan. the L.A. Wildcast, which is like probably the the most like non unique name. The Wildcats. Yeah. It's like who, who are who are we? The Wildcats. Like, who are we gonna beat? The Wildcats. <laughs> you know, you got dragons, guardians, defenders, roughnecks, battlehawks, and it's, the Wildcats. It, it sounds like a little league division, <laughs> right. but you know they have a they, their quarterback. Uh, I think he got pulled from the game, but his name literally literally is Chad Kanoff. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Chad Kanoff got yanked from the game. <laughs> yeah, so uh, props to the XFL. Um, I thought this was going to fail miserably because last year there was the AAF, like All-American Football, like which is another league that crumbled after three weeks. But I can't see Vince McMahon going into this as successful he, as he has been with uh, wrestling and whatnot to come into this for a second time and it failing. And so far, 
smooth start. It was fun. Uh, perfect timing for it to come off right after the Super Bowl, the week after. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we still got football, football fresh in our mind. Mm-hmm. And now, like, if people are drawn in, let's see if it can keep uh, the ratings going. Mm-hmm. And uh, go Guardians. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Go Dragons. <laughs> yeah, Dragons. <laughs> Mitchell's a Roughnecks fan, so. <laughs> typical. And, uh, it's so fucking typical. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, other than that, in the sports world... You know, uh, we're entering the dull period where mm. we have until March Madness is right around the corner, which, you know, March Madness is fun. Great. After that, we got a little bit more of uh, the re- rest of the season for NBA and hockey until the playoffs start. That's great. And then it's just baseball until we die. <laughs> Kill me now. Right. Hmm. I don't watch sports in general, but, man, baseball is a, like a soul sucker. Oh, my God. I know. Like... I, I matched with a girl on a dating app the other day, and she's like, I'm a big tired fan. I was like, hey, I have just something, something to ask you about your profile that I just like really just got to get out there. Like, how do you stay awake during Tigers games? Do you do a bunch of uppers or something? <laughs> I didn't get a response. Uh, <laughs> can't imagine why. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to shoot your shot in those things. Well, yeah. I mean, you well, found out her secret. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I mean, maybe maybe she she snorts like a couple lines of coke before going to the Tigers game. I mean, I would fucking have to. Um, <laughs> I'd bring some during. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they sell it in the concessions there. Yeah. I mean, that's the only They just way lace it in their people. food. Yeah. <laughs> There's fights everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, actually, you can eat the leaves of the coca plant, and yeah. it gives you almost like a you know a cup of coffee effect. Like it gives you like a little burst of energy, but like it's, cocaine energy. It, it's yeah. really well. Subtle. The thing is, cocaine is it's the coca leaves like super concentrated yeah like if you just eat the leaves it's not in a high enough concentration to give you that like crazy burst like that this is just like doing a bump or something it's like not that you would know i guess (laughs) according to according to hugo chavez in the documentary uh south of the border it's like drinking a (laughs) cup of coffee all right um uh so if, if you know if Hugo Chavez. We'll start growing one in the studio. Is that legal? Probably not. <laughs> Don't tell on me, motherfuckers. <laughs> your, your Alexa just says, "I won't tell on you, Nick." <laughs> I'm calling calling police now. So Vince, as a avid non-drug user, yeah, uh, would you chew on cocoa leaves? Probably, yeah. Interesting. We've seen this man eat rose petals, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. There's not they, much they are edible. <laughs> There's not much I haven't seen this man eat. And he's lactose intolerant, and I've seen him eat a shit ton of cheese before. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How many, how many um, uh, slices did you get on the Super Bowl? Did you, did so, you I know um, it, you, it wasn't world record breaking. No. Right? Well, Mike Wells uh, challenged me you know, to a pizza yes, yes. eating contest I'm during well the Super Bowl. I'm aware of And uh, he... I made sure to always stay three slices ahead of him, mm-hmm. and he gave up at nine, so I just stopped at 12, and then someone was That's there, a, I don't remember who, was, like, really disappointed, because they said, they said like, Vince, I did odds that you would get to 15, and so I was like, okay, and I went and ate three more slices, and, <laughs> 15, and then I just stopped there. Large and a half, baby. <laughs> That was no, nothing compared to the first year you did it where you got to like 22 or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. That oh, that was glorious. So, and I, I got even more than that the second year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
It was, oh, that was glorious. That's over two large pizzas. Yeah. Two one person. Mm-hmm. You're just fucking Kirby Plus, over here. Just yeah, I know. Right? Wait, did, uh, did you, um, <laughs> it's more like Kirby's more like Vince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby was based after Vince. Yeah, Kirby's got, <laughs> he got shit on Vinny. Uh, so did you eat it with cheese this year? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And that was in addition to um some pretzel sticks and like four beers you gotta warm up the, the digestive system <laughs> i was i was like on my deathbed so i had like a slice of pizza yeah and just drank well i'm glad you didn't die <laughs> yep still kicking somehow everybody still around yay nick's not dead <laughs> so proud of you nick thanks guys and i'm doing the lord's work over here <laughs> <laughs> and so so um for our uh like holdups here today so it's oh like, vince is doing a hold up well, so someone asked so it's like hold up. we we each get like because huh. each section is what like a half an hour right yeah, yeah. so instead instead of one person getting a half hour hold up we each get like a 15 minute now nah, you guys right? can just use them whenever you just hold, you use a hold up get, now are you using your hold up uh may i yeah, yeah. all cool. you gotta do is say hold up all right hold well up, nick Hold up. All right. Well, like, I'll stop uh, the sports talk. Thank God, because I had nothing else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> We're about so. to get into wee bowling. <laughs> oh, dude, wee bowling. I fucking love wee bowling. Oh, fun fact. That's my hold up. <laughs> All right, Vince, what's your hold up before we uh, run out of time over here? Yeah, so uh, I'll try not to take too long, but that's hard for me. So I probably will <laughs> oh, end okay. up taking too long. But so, uh, so, you know, like... Tw- 2019 well first of all i am so grateful that we are alive in the year 2020 like how cool is that that we live in a year that's it's two numbers repeated yes the last year ever it's really cool <laughs> i think that happens every century though doesn't well, it well and then the next what was it like 18 18 19 19 those years t- exist 20 20 yeah. 20 20 well yeah. there's gonna be 21 21 yeah. next century oh gosh yeah well, so you probably won't see it but we'll we'll be in like vats of uh water containing our brains yeah Yeah. playing like futurama style decapitated heads and jars and so and so the the thing is uh the thing is about the futurama heads so if we were to uh advance to that stage it would need to be your head your heart and your intestines Mm -hmm. because you have two parts of your brain that aren't in your head you have a part of your brain that's in your heart and you have a part of your brain that's on the outside of your intestines Mm -hmm. so even if your intestines aren't processing fecal matter, you need your intestines to live because that's part of your brain. Whatever. Which Lifeless also, it's really cool. So the gut brain, that's your habit-forming center. So when you say it's a gut reaction, it's true because that's the habit. Why don't so we have a fucking gut. rib cage over and our then, guts then if they're that important? And then also, uh, um, that's why you know uh, people with Alzheimer's can still remember like just little like routine little habits that they have had all their life mm-hmm. because Alzheimer's affects the head brain it doesn't affect the gut brain oh interesting yeah but and that's so, why kombucha is so good for you yeah gut health exactly motherfuckers, <laughs> motherfuckers. So, yeah so. wait hold on vince was your yeah. hold up that or no. was it the, the fact that we're in the year 2020 uh no i just wanted to start with that because oh, okay. i think that's just really <laughs> uh, I, was, I was a little what i was wondering <laughs> why you're worried about time <laughs> dang it yeah sorry shoot uh, uh so you know i was gonna say you know a lot of cool 
entertainment things ended in 2019 you Mm -hmm. know like not least of which you know the avengers saga concluded in 2019 which and obviously they're more marvel movies but i mean what a you know cultural milestone right and so thrones ended in 2019 right and so well that's part of part of what i wanted to bring up so i'm gonna um ask you to kind of grit your teeth and bear with me here for a moment because uh two shows uh that i really really liked ended in 2019 that i actually got into them in the same year in early 2014 at right around the same time game of thrones and my little pony (laughs) (laughs) wait my little pony ended yes in 2019 yeah oh my god that's a shot to my gut my gut brain well because my gut brain okay darling you give (laughs) gut brain a name so, I think to answer your question, you know, it's been going since 2010, and it just kind of reached its natural conclusion. It which, seemed like a kind uh, of a show that would just, like, go on forever because it's probably a nonsense show. No offense, but... <laughs> so, so, well, so, you know, I just gush about both shows for a little bit here, you know... Uh, Two favorite shows to masturbate to, right? Oh, of course, of course, you know. Of horse, uh, of horse. Yes, yeah, yes. You know, My Little Pony has the best fan-made porn of any TV show. <laughs> that is show. something that I do know about My Little Pony is that people do masturbate to the, that. The it's, it's, oh, my God. Nick, Nick, it's called clapping. Oh, God. <laughs> it is. He's not making that shit up. It actually is that. Who am I sitting so, across from right now? So, <laughs> I, I, I'm so, going Reddit. I'm, I'm so, 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 like, you know, what I, what I, got I, full I love on most, horn right now. What, what, I, what I love most. You're killing it with the fun. <laughs> so, so, what I love most my about <laughs> My Little Pony is just how the show is, it's so mushy and it's so unashamed of how mushy it is. Because it's made for it's, little girls. Yeah, and I love it. And it's like mushy without being sappy. And I love okay. that. You're using and, way too many any, any innuendo words. <laughs> sappy. And, mushy. My little horny. My little horny. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, no comment on the clopping, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So what is like the overall arc of My Little Pony? Like, uh, is they, there a main character or is it just a bunch of... Uh, yes. The, so the, the, the main character is the pony Twilight Sparkle and mm-hmm. basically it uh, uh, follows her journey from... Oh, that's one horse. Yes, that's one. Okay. Yep, they all have like... Twilight it, and Sparkle. Yeah, Twilight yeah, Circle. <laughs> yep. Not two separate ponies. Yep. Just like, how many just... whores are there in this? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, there's... Uh, You'll never the... get a point across <laughs> with <it. laughs> Right? So, there's... there's well, actually, there's six. So, there's six main... The main six. Ha, horse pun. Yes. Main. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> but... Glad your puns are more appropriate. <laughs> so, so, you know... <laughs> It, it's and I, I for me it's such a practical show because no matter how like no matter what 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 level of hateful stupidity I've had to deal with in my in that whatever current day it is mm-hmm. and as you guys know I've had to interact with some 
intensely stupid and awful people for a oh, long yeah. time oh yeah your so, work stories are like what i live for. legendary yeah, yeah. so um Start and it's podcast. great that like no no matter like what like just wretched bigoted hatefulness i've had to deal with in the day like i can watch that show and it puts me like right back in a good mood and makes me feel good again and like that's so that's so I really appreciate having that. Mm. It's such an asset, you know, that, like, I can consume, like, the most freaking depressing documentary about, like, you know, Iraqi soldiers uh, abusing Iraqi civilians. As Like, as soon as they kick ISIS out of an area, the Iraqi army starts abusing the civilians there the same way ISIS was. Like, I can watch like that. And like watch watch some My Little palette. Pony, <laughs> and then uh, you know have not have what I just watched like cripple me with depression, <laughs> and so I'm able to like consume all the negativity that's happening around me and still be functional and productive. Okay, so and, you started this segment saying that this series has ended, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are you now? Are you gonna do for antidepressant? Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to Xanax. Yes. <laughs> Is that what you're? Yes, and, is? and beer, a lot more beer. <laughs> more beer Kombucha, but, come on man yeah but so um you know and actually that's why i actually first got into this show was because you know you nick and some other good friends of mine at larry's foodland kept nagging me to start watching game of thrones and i was really into it but it's just like really freaking depressing some of the episodes and yeah. so i found my little pony to be a perfect palette cleanser yeah. uh, to Game of Thrones. Like I'd, I'd watch an episode of Game of Thrones, then watch an episode of My Little Pony, Red Wedding. So ginger watch to your th- California roll. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Red Wedding. Watch three episodes of My Little Pony. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I I, I really, I, I like I like it a lot. You know, it's it's so nice, and sometimes they're just little, like, you know, social interaction things that it's good to remember that the show reminds me of. And so it just, it helps me be better, like functionally day to day. And uh, the character Pinkie Pie in the show, probably one of my, if not my all time favorite cartoon character. Okay. So give me like, give me like a a synopsis of My Little Pony. Cause I like literally don't know anything except for now. I know there's a character disturbingly named Pinkie Pie. I think that was a synopsis though. Just like happiness. Yeah, that's it. Is there like, is there like bad things that happen in it? Cause there's gotta be some kind of a story. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, like just like Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the pilot? I think it was actually. (laughs) That would explain why the last episode happened on Candy Mountain. (laughs) Let's go to Candy Mountain, Charlie. But but like uh, um yeah, there there are some villains, and you know there's some episodes where the point is along the lines of like you should know when not to hang out with someone or when to stop hanging out with someone or why you know you know and this is something i've seen with some people where it's like you you know you shouldn't try to be friends with everyone 
because that's just totally impractical. <laughs> Don't and, tell that to Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and trust you know, me, it's gotten me in trouble in the mo- most recent days. We'll explain well, off. Mic. Well, maybe you <laughs> should have been watching My Little Pony, Nick. Then you would have already known. <laughs> so <laughs> but, let me let me let's, so, let's do this let's do this fun little exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is what is the darkest part of My Little Pony in your opinion, and the lightest part of Game of Thrones in your opinion? Oh gosh. Um. Oh as, man. As they both are the antithesis to each other. For your watching. Yeah, so... Oof. So... Well, I guess, like, uh, um... I guess I would have to say for My Little Pony, the darkest thing about it... And it's really not, not at all a dark show, but I, I'd say the darkest element is that it's, you know, implied that, uh, um... My favorite character... Pinkie Pie, like, uh, is herself actually very deeply unhappy, uh, but that, and that, you know, she needs to be with people all the time and making other people happy. Otherwise, she's horribly depressed and that, filled with self really loathing. That's really fucking dark. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty deep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. I have some respect. And, and then and for, the lightest part of Game of Thrones in your opinion. Oh boy, that, that's so, really hard. Yeah, that's that really is hard. that is really freaking hard, Nick. There's so, so much. I mean, yeah. like, there, there's like small light moments, but yeah. every single like up moment is like by set a, up for a dark moment. Right. Especially I guess, take it away. So, so I'd say the, the like my favorite like positive thing about game of thrones is or i mean when i say positive i mean like happy or upbeat because i mean there's a lot of stuff that's good there's a lot of pros to the show Mm -hmm. but i mean it's very dark usually i guess i'd say my my favorite like upbeat thing about game of thrones is um Tyrion. you know when he's telling when telling john you know not to you know be ashamed of being a bastard and not to always try and hide it and he's like you know Episode hey the, yeah. the, the world <laughs> all you know, the, from there. the world you know the the world isn't going to forget who you are so don't let who you are be your weakness you know make that your strength and make that Where, your shield and the world can't yeah, hurt you with it use what wounds you as armor Yes, and and then so and nothing transitioning to Game of Thrones from that, you know, um, I think Game of Thrones is a you know it, it's such a neat experiment for me because it answered that question that I think I think we've all had that like you know we probably all wondered man I wonder what would have happened if in Star Wars Episode Five if like Luke had just died on Hoth mm-hmm. or you know man I wonder if what if like uh um you know like what if Harry like actually didn't escape the graveyard in Goblet of Fire and Voldemort actually killed him right there you know. We've all wondered, you know, what what would happen if like the hero just died? It, uh, yeah, uh, it, the, if and, the real consequences did come to fruition. And uh, um, and uh, and, and so I think it's really cool that we have a show and or book series that answers that question. <laughs> and I really think killing Ned Stark 
that was such a like bold and like genius like storytelling move because I, I love Ned Stark like he's I, I he's such a cool character but I mean that's the point is like he's basically set up to be the hero of the story you know he's he's powerful he's likable he's very noble he has a cool magic sword um uh, which is right behind Nick right now actually yes we have the live ice in the studio baby and uh uh he he gets and he gets killed at the end of the first Whoa, season. Spoiler, spoiler alert! alert. Sorry, I'm a terrible Dude, person. No, it's a split, uh, skip, and, split six podcast. There's and, literally nothing we haven't spoiled. And uh, um, and then it, the whole rest of the series is essentially like dealing with this scenario where essentially the bad guys won, and it, it's you know. At, at first, like you know, even though I was enjoying the story, like. From you know, from the beginning, yeah. at first I was thinking to myself, you know, especially through like the middle of book two, um, you know, like oh this this seems kind of like impractical, but you know the the way this is like we're like all essentially at that point like almost all like the heads of state, all like the people of power in Westeros are like everyone's abusing and or ignoring the civilians and every everyone's ignoring the like pressing major problems facing their kingdom and they're all just like pathetic little petty power struggles Mm -hmm. and you see that like playing out um you know across so many like places in the world right now whether it be uh you know syria where uh, there's you know 80 bajillion different factions you know and almost none of them care at all about the 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 civilians or even just the country or its history its historical sites its heritage and they're all just you know they're all scruddy greedy like factions you know if really self-centered goals and, you know, you see that you can even see that, you know, like in the United States where it's like so many politicians, so many elected officials, you know, who have wield tremendous power to help deal with poverty, to help deal with mental illness, to help deal with climate change. And they're totally uninterested in doing that. They're they just interested in enriching and empowering themselves. Um, and, you know, so... I think, um, you know, like, and also, like, and so Game of Thrones, it's very, it's very, like, knowledgeable in, like, global conflict issues, uh, whereas, like, My Little Pony is very knowledgeable in, like, very small-scale, like, social interaction yeah. issues. This is very knowledgeable. Game of Thrones is very knowledgeable in, like, nations cl- cl- falling apart and or clashing and also, I really like it that Game of Thrones is, is very, from the very, really early on, both in the book and the show. Beer number two, entertainment. Uh, almost done, I swear. No, it's okay. So, We're on um, entertainment now. You can talk about this as long as you yeah. want now. <laughs> so, uh, but no, no, I'm I'm approaching my conclusion. So, uh, I like it that they, the show and the books, although the show is, or sorry, the books are a bit more subtle about it i love it the game of thrones is it's very open about like having homosexual characters and just it's very frank about the fact that they're homosexual and it's just like hey you know you don't doesn't we don't 
you know, treat people as weird or different for being straight? Why should we treat people as being weird or different for being gay? It's just, it's it's a normal person who is just into dudes instead of into chicks. In Game of Thrones? Yeah. I mean, they definitely fuck around a little bit with that. Like, they're not okay with it totally. Yeah, I mean, Remley has to keep it secret. Yeah. Oh, I no, mean, no, in no. terms of writing. No, no. Lord, I mean, Lord. not the not the world. <clears throat> the world oh. of Westeros is not accepting of homosexuals, but, just, but the yeah, story. Like, the story is. Oh, and it's showing how it's even, even in yeah. a world or society mean, yeah. where homosexuality is both illegal and culturally unacceptable, it still exists. Like, yeah. you didn't... You didn't cure the gay quote unquote right you just you know made though you you just gave a burden to. to those people you gave a you burden those people's lives oh the trick to curing the gay is uh to burn a star into their face and make them do whatever the high septon says right mm-hmm. as in uh loris tyrell oh yeah no totally it works it works every time uh i don't think so i think i just bumped myself no yeah no we're still we're still rolling uh, okay. No, it, I can't hear the headphones anymore. Oh, you can't hear the headphones anymore? Yeah, hold you, on. Are Has, you sure? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. You can't hear your own headphones? Mm-mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, but uh, and then sorry. so and then so <laughs> I just, okay. I, and <laughs> as then, long as you can hear it, it's recording. It's good. And and then so well, do do we need to pause a minute to get that fixed or? Uh, say something into your mic. Something. Okay, no, I, can we're hear, good. I can hear me. We're good. Okay, good. We're good. Awesome. Okay. So, Sorry, so, everybody. You, yeah. We're going to keep that in, though. <laughs> keep it in. Keep it in. Right. So, in conclusion, um, you know, I was actually really surprised that of the two shows, My Little Pony is the one that had a more satisfying conclusion than Game of Thrones. Well, shit, uh, that's not hard to do. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think... God, I that don't was know about that. Lumberjack, but... Dexter, chopping up trees. Anyways, <laughs> so... Um, yes, the theme song. <laughs> so, that's going to be the sequel series. There actually might be one of those. So, anyways, um, with Game of Thrones... or So, you know, they're both really good. So, Game of Thrones and I'm playing. Both really good shows. I've really had a great time watching them, you know... Uh, discussing them with friends and I think they both have very like positive legacies with Game of Thrones like I, I think even though there are some a lot of bad pretenders to Game of Thrones I think generally uh, it's made writers and TV executives it's emboldened them to be more take more creative liberties when it comes to fantasy the fantasy genre you they can do more yeah. with it yeah now there's and, gonna be and i mean there's and, a lot of good stuff that come out and like, in a, like uh culture culturally right because game of thrones was what it was not right. the ending yeah. ending. Yeah, oof. and all the people will learn from that. And uh, and then and then with uh, with My Little Pony, you know, really since it's come out, uh, there have been a lot more cartoons uh, that are that are feel much more. I see they seem much more bold about talking about feelings, talking about emotional issues. You know, just having being tender like having a soft side yeah. and not being ashamed of it like Almost not being more human not, yes not you know yeah exactly from a show about fucking ponies yeah i know right <laughs> who would have thought a show about ponies teaches you to be fucking human i know isn't that adorable 
Friendship right. is magic. Brony for life. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and I think that wraps up the My Little Ponies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, Valar Morgulis. <laughs> uh, so, I guess uh, on to entertainment. Yes. Oh, I seem to have my beer. Uh, Parasite. Best yeah. picture winner. You guys see it? I so, actually, hold on, wait. Uh, we're moving over to a beer for entertainment. Yeah. Because the Oscars are gold and we're drinking salad gold. Yes. <laughs> All right. A beer we have done on the podcast before, but this is a Sambuca podcast anyway. Yeah. And I've never had solid gold, so it's uh, all good. Yeah, to answer your question, Nick, um, I don't have cable, so I wasn't watching the Oscars, so instead I've turned on Parasite when the Oscars started. Oh, and, good call. And then oh, yeah. the movie ended, I saw that at one. And I ah! completely agree. I love that movie. Okay. Nice. I haven't seen and, it. Um, and I know go it. in blind. Go like if how much you know about I, it. I, yeah, I know. A, I know a decent amount about it. All but. right. It's too much, uh, <laughs> but it's still good. Class it's, system like, shit, I, right? With the crazy ending. Honestly, it's not too heavy on the class system. It's just oh, okay. it's so unique. It's hard to like, even call it a thriller because yeah. that's what's labeled for like marketing. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different elements going on. It it's just a movie. It's just a yeah. movie that's a made really language. good, <laughs> and I'm so happy a foreign language film is making a, a big uh, sh- like impact like that. Yeah, better mm-hmm. than Green Book winning again. And well, and, <laughs> I don't and know so, if a movie ever won twice. <laughs> so, so, and actually, I think this is uh, Parasite. I haven't seen it, unfortunately, but I think this is actually one of the reasons why it's good that the Academy Awards exist is because it's drawing attention to this apparently really good movie that I never heard of before. And I probably wouldn't have heard of yeah. if it weren't no. nominated That's for this. That's why we have award ceremonies yeah. to bring attention to things that are good that don't wouldn't get it otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's like for the first time in a long time that I can 100% agree with the Best Picture pick. Have you seen all of the other ones? Um, this year? Yeah. I'm no. Not, I don't remember I, which other ones. I have never so, seen every so, Best Picture pick, but mm-hmm. I've always... For the past ten years, have seen the best pitch. Oh wait, I never saw a Green Book. Fuck that. Never My streak's seen over. Never My saw streak's it. over. Damn it! I just realized it. Uh, I normally look. I, I look. I pit, watch uh, maybe like one, two, uh-huh. maybe three of the best pitcher nominees, hmm. and always one of them wins, except for Green Book, which you know was a fucking shitty pick. Yeah, I, I didn't well, see Green Book. So, I just you know, so, me being plugged into podcast world, like I I know the shit they shit on it. So so so. so I saw Green Book uh, uh, last year, and I really liked it. So, so like, what what is it about it's, the it's film like that's white makes it... white savior? Like, uh, right? Like, no, I'm like, pretty sure that's what everyone was saying. But I didn't. I didn't no, see it, so, I, so, I so neither me and Nick saw the movie, Vince. So uh-huh. I, we can't answer that question. But, but we, I, okay, well, we can shit on it. I can. Well, I, so I, I, can I, tell you, I can tell you what the people that uh, the podcast stars. Oh, go like, ahead. Try to tell you about okay. it. They yeah. Say, yeah. Like so, give me give me like a brief synopsis of the movie. Basically, uh, so there's this spoiler alert. Who cares? Yeah, spoiler alerts. Fuck for you! Green Book. Don't skip ahead. Uh, so, so, with this. so 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 basically, it's so it's Aragorn, the uh, Viggo Mortensen, which yeah. Viggo so Mortensen's performance in this film is fantastic. But synopsis: basically, so there's this black musician who is going to go on a, a tour, and he, he his record company is going to have him do this tour in the deep south. And uh, he basically needs a bodyguard to go with him. Yeah, so what, white, <laughs> and, white savior. And uh, they they find this Italian guy played by uh, you know Viggo Mortensen to be his bodyguard. 
and it's you know the them driving through the deep self going on these uh doing these performances where he's the i can't remember anyone's names i apologize we're the black you sing musician okay. pianist. He's a pianist. He's a penis. A pianist, like a his, yeah, plays the piano. Uh, he's you know he's you know just spat on and treated like he's barely even you know he's a barely even human, and the the white guy is treated like a normal human being even though he's nowhere near as talented. At you know he's he's you know it's the 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 black guy is the star, but the black guy is the one who everyone's like spitting on. And yeah. as they're dry, as they're going through, they they learn things about each other, and it it they come to a better under the understanding of of where each other is coming from, and it 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 shows how arbitrary uh, the idea of you know racial like distinctions race people different races acting differently is it, mm-hmm. it shows how you know the 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 black guy the the piano player that, was he that is more was that Mahershala Ali yeah he he you know that he, he won best he actor is, for it I thought he won know. for Moonlight um but he might have won best before I know Moonlight won best before whatever but, let's, but let's, it's so it shows that so it shows so it shows that it shows how like he the piano player how he is he is much more of like a typical like you know ac- academic intellectual uh you know what we associate with like old white men a lot of times so you know you, are you then, saying like a well-spoken black guy and uh and the and that <laughs> the, the and that the the guy the the white guy the bodyguard is he has a lot more in common with the black people they encounter you know as they're going through the self mm-hmm. and it just it shows you how like well racism is really dumb because you're you're taking a human being yeah. and you're judging him just by the color of his skin so, when that doesn't affect how you behave at all. So the message of the movie is yeah. don't judge a green book by its cover. You <laughs> well said, Jordan. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I want to continue this, but I feel like we should talk about movies we um, are more relevant oh, yeah. so from the, with, the recent Oscars. Because yeah, yeah. there's a lot to talk about. I know we got limited time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Joker... Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix won best uh, good actor. Good. good pick. There was a yeah. lot of good picks, uh, like good nominations for mm. this year's best actor. I mm-hmm. mean, I thought Adam Driver would he would have been my pick. I saw in Marriage Story. In Marriage Story, man, he, I didn't see that. It, it, it's well worth a watch. You never uh-huh. want to watch it twice. It's oh. it's emotionally draining. Okay, but like man, he went maybe all out. like I like, should Kylo Ren, <laughs> like just fucking acting his heart out. And yeah, I I was completely immersed into like what he was saying in that one like fight scene. Yeah, I've heard Ooh. about that. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of the movies. I think I saw I don't know how many which ones were nominated. Do you guys know? I've seen oh, uh, Ice. I've seen I've so, seen um. Uh, mm-hmm. What were we just talking about? Not Parasite. Uh, Joker. Yeah, I've seen Joker. Okay. Yeah, yeah Joker. Mm. Uh, I didn't see Marriage Story. I didn't see. <laughs> I, uh, oh, you, I you saw. Can pull, oh, can you just pull up the list? Yeah. yeah so. I saw 1917. Oh, I've really 1917 is really good. I know. It, it's sim- like it's simple, but everything about it is done so perfectly. When they do continuous shots, 
even if it's not actually one take, it's edited together, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just, it keeps you involved. Mm-hmm. It really dr- draws you into the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, when Birdman... Uh, uh, such out, a good movie. I I went out to yeah, see shit, that. I've only seen one of these. <laughs> Uh, here, um, read read off. Uh, Nineteen seventeen. Yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood, okay. Little Women, Ford okay. vs Ferrari, Parasite, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, The oh, Irishman, Jojo Marriage Story. What is Jojo Rabbit about? I, that's uh, what I'm uh, kind of curious. Jojo Rabbit. You'll like it, Nick. Um, okay. So it's it's more of like a comedy with a like, but it's in World War Two. So okay. There's like obviously some dramatic moments, but it's about a little boy. Uh, it's uh, honestly a brilliant concept. It's about a little boy named Jojo. And he is a uh, Hitler youth, mm. right? Wait, uh, he it, is Hitler? No, he has an imaginary friend that is Hitler. Okay. So he, he, being a Hitler youth, they, like, you know, make Hitler seem like this amazing person. And so he really looks up to him, and he really wants to, like, know Hitler. So he creates an imaginary friend who is, like, his vision of who Hitler is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. And... Throughout the film, it, like he's learning more and more as like the war progresses. Um, a lot of it is about like this. Uh, uh, his mom is played by Scarlett Johansson. I don't want to give too much of the plot, so maybe I, I'll leave mm. that part out. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is a black woman or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> black she, she has, um, uh, she has like a um, a Jewish girl living in her attic. Uh, Anne Frank. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> she has like Anne Frank something. Something like that. Yeah. And then he actually, he like, he thinks Jews are terrible. And then he thinks they're like demons that can read minds and suck your soul. And then he gets yeah. to know this girl and mm. he's realizing there's bullshit that he's been told uh, yeah. by like the higher ups. Right. Um, and the movie really like tugs on your heartstrings and it makes you laugh. And I, I don't think it's the best picture. Like I thought it was really good, mm. but it's not like what the Academy would pick as the best picture. Right. It would have been really surprising, but it's well worth your time if anyone wants to go see that. I'm so happy Parasite won over 1917 because I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm really like I'm kind of sick of watching gimmicky war movies. You know, like with I didn't see 1917, so I don't really know what to say. But like, may I say, as someone who's seen a lot, a lot, a lot of war movies, mm. 1917 is distinctive. Like it, it stands out from the pack. That's good enough for me. Vince has seen a lot of war movies. Okay. And and also, I, I want to say something like a pet peeve I have about war movies is a lot of times the protagonists, uh, they're very bloodthirsty which sadly isn't unrealistic but it to me it makes it harder to empathize with them mm-hmm. and i think they do a really good job in this movie of like the protagonists because there, there are two of them uh they 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 have like they're they're pretty like merciful people actually but like they're still competent soldiers like they they kill very tactically very effectively when they have to mm-hmm. but you they they never like are they're, they're always trying to avoid conflict they're trying to avoid killing and it it makes it very makes it much easier in than it is in many war films to emphasize the I main really characters. want to see it so don't yeah. spoil too much yeah. of the movie mm-hmm. you know uh, but yeah, i can totally see what you mean mm-hmm. how like i've i've even only seen one of those movies which was joker yeah i don't you under- never saw once upon a time in hollywood no, unfortunately dude, I, I haven't am, either i don't oh, i don't I'm, i feel I'm like not into quentin tarantino 
I just think I he's feel like the movies, overrated. the movies that are up there, it's yeah. just like only one of us has seen that. The other <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you guys see uh, Knives Out? No, that because one... I, I will tell you why we have not seen hmm. Knives Out. Why? Uh, so this is this a good story? I, okay, so I want to see it. I wanted to go see it, and so I'm telling Vince, "Hey, let's go see a movie." He's like so excited. He's like, "Yes, what movie do you want to see? Do you do you want to see Frozen 2? I'm like. N- Maybe. Uh, I, I want to actually see this uh, Knives Out movie. It's getting really good reviews. It has an amazing cast. And I have the same gut feeling about this movie as I did um, for Bad Times at the El Royale, which we both saw. And we uh-huh. both really loved that movie. Really good movie, yeah. And like, just like the setup and the concept kind of behind it had that same feeling that yeah. it's going to be that level of quality. And then I'm like... And Vince is like, yes, I'm so sold. And I'm like, okay, awesome. I'll go get the tickets. You'll really like it. It'll be interesting because Ryan Johnson wrote it. And then Vince instantly like froze. He's like, he, he oh, just because like, of The Last Jedi? He mm-hmm. says, come on. Uh, he, he's like, I, I'm sorry, Jordan. Um, I, I, I'm not going to go. I'm like, wait, wait, for real? And he's like, unfortunately Vince. so, yes. I'm like, because of Ryan Johnson? And then he's like, yes. <laughs> oh my god, that's my favorite movie I've seen the entire year. So, so Knives out? Well, yeah. So so Jordan. That's what I'm saying. Sh- do you do you want to tell Nick how we resolve this conflict we, we, or we shall I? We drunkenly like at you know, the Christmas party <laughs> talked it out and we came to I was able to convince Vince uh, that you have to separate the art from the artist. I I know you hate Ryan Johnson to his core, but what he puts out is uh, something that you have to like, you know, see as an isolated thing, and then review that. Uh, Dude, fucking come on! The Last Jedi was well, like ten times then, better than fucking Rise of Skywalker, that dog shit film. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker was not good, but uh, <laughs> horses on top of star destroyers. But uh, but then also, uh, basically, I, uh, I think I think Jordan Jordan and I. So like basically, I told Jordan, yeah, you know. So he made a really good point there, mm-hmm. and basically I told Jordan, I- I'll watch Knives Out with you if I force you to watch the Steven Universe movie with me. Oh, damn it. I did agree to that. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Knives right. Out, Vince, you will not be disappointed, and I'm pretty sure you will like it. Yeah, um, it's on DVD now, so just c- favorite come movie. on over. We'll okay. pop some popcorn. Favorite we'll movie of the year. Nice. Um, with, like, I, I mean, I, I obviously haven't seen that many movies, but I... Like it was so much better than Joker. Mm-hmm. I like Endgame better than Joker. I oh, like... Endgame is my movie of the year. Um, Endgame was see, so good. You guys see him a long shot with uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron? No, Thurman. I heard no. it was surprisingly good. The trailer did not make what it is, seem like that's, that's one of my favorites. What that's is, like probably my I second heard favorite of the before. year. Um, so, oh, Toy Story Four is also up there. I can't believe that one best uh, best animated. Oh, oh really? Because like I what, didn't what, see the, it. So I, <laughs> Pixar, so, the, literally, so, whatever Pixar puts so, out wins every year because I they fucking, are. The best. I'm so angry because that mm-hmm. movie Klaus on the Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That actually did something new to animation and should have been recognized. What did it do? Uh, so the uh, have you ever seen any like stills or anything or trailers from it? No, I'm looking at the okay. best animated so, films right now. But. All right, so Klaus or uh, Klaus, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's Klaus, I believe Klaus. it's supposed to be like Klaus, like a German name, but mm-hmm. it's like the origin of Santa Claus. It's kind of like a kids' film, but mm-hmm. uh, it's this uh, 2D movie. It's 2D animation, uh-huh. but they did the lighting uh, in 3D. And this is like the first film to really pioneer this technique. Yeah, I'm thinking like Paper Mario in a Super Smash Brothers setting. Look at a yeah. screenshot or a still from it. It's completely a hand-drawn image where they lit it with just 3D like technology. 
and it's very difficult to do that mm -hmm. and uh, it makes it look like it's 3d so it has this depth it has this uh, like depth in the the, uh, the scenes and like it really gives it a lot of atmosphere but the the way how they're moving you can see it if you watch it for like a two-minute clip of it you can tell the 3d uh, like models cannot animate like that so uh -huh. I feel like that is going to be like a really big thing moving forward even though like and 2D is actually like cheaper to make than 3D depending on the type of movie. Right. I don't know how cheap it was for them to do the 3D lighting. It was probably like half the movie because they were developing yeah. a lot. I mean, I don't know shit about how they, anyone does that shit. Mm -hmm. like, it's but crazy to me. I, I like it when someone does something new. And I like it when that stuff gets recognized. Mm. I'm going to be honest, I never saw the class either. <laughs> but I wanted it to win. Well, I mean, like, even, uh, just because it's animated, I don't know if it should be judged solely based on animation you gotta kind of judge it on story yeah too. I, like, I know toy story you haven't seen toy story 4 no and it's a good movie that's another movie i really yeah. wanted to it's see it's like something like you don't think it's gonna be good it's fucking hilarious it's like heartfelt heartfelt sentimental and it's like continues this story where in place where you thought like it ended perfectly after toy story 3 like yeah. perfect conclusion yeah, to the story sure. then they pulled this off and it's like okay, even more perfect okay yeah i get it i get why you guys you guys have like a brilliant teams of writer, writers there at Pixar. Like, yeah, I don't know how they do it, but they fucking find a way to do it. Like, yeah. people can't write fucking movies for shit, and like, yeah. Pixar's always find a way to like make you feel something. Yeah, which is what movie making is really about is making and, you feel and, something. And, and like speaking of feel something, uh, the the song from Toy Story Four, uh, "Don't Throw Yourself Away," I think that's what it was called, was nominated for like the best one of the best songs. At the uh, you know of the year at the Oscars, okay. Um, it didn't win. I'm that, trash. That would have been my pick because that that was such a good song and it's just uh, the emotion really behind it. it. Is I that like on the DVD yet? Because it's gotta be. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it came out like be. in the summer, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to. Who uses DVDs anymore? Come on, just download it. It's more of a. It's like a saying. Is it out on like yeah. video? Yeah, yeah. I watched some gems like. Like right before the Oscars, like on uh, my my alleged illegal. Oh my god! Stick. Hidden Gems wasn't even nominated for anything, was it? Yeah. What uncut is Hidden gems. gems? Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Oh. oh uncut was gems. that that movie where it's like Adam Sandler actually acting a serious role? Yeah. I mean, he does every time he does. He does a great job with it. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I've only seen. Well, I watched the end of Punch Drunk Love actually, like on Monday. Yeah. Um, which you know Adam Sandler plays a. Uh, Really sad man, but in a serious role. It's it's surprising how well comedians can adapt to a dramatic role. Mm. Uh, I think Robert De Niro had like even said like uh, like he's surprised, but or he really admires comedians' acting abilities because uh, they can do what he does by acting dramatic, but he cannot do what they do with with comedy. Yeah. And so, De Niro did it pretty well in Meet the Meet the Parents. It was more mm. the writing though, because it was just <laughs> he was like the straight man. Yeah, you know, he's the one who's like the sensible he, person. He, he just has to act like the the, the goofballs could play off of him. Yeah, this the way like in King of the Hill, Dale plays so well everyone, off of Hank. Hill. No, no, it's not Dale. It's everyone but Hank plays off of Hank. Hank yeah. is the, the one, like, no. sole a source of logic in that whole entire show, and it's amazing. Goddamn, we're talking about the most illustrious award Dude, ceremony ever, I feel like we that's... get back to King of the Hill. What the fuck? Okay, King of the Hill is a masterpiece, sir. 
Okay. Hey, Bobby. Wait, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm mixing up. <laughs> Yogi Bear and hey, Bill. Bobby. Bobby. I, I want to see a Yogi Bear King of the Hill crossover now. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that exists. I've, I've seen a lot of King of Hell, but not every episode. But it seems like it would fit. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. I, I'm wanna, terrible at accents. You want to grill some it. burgers on a propane grill? Yeah, I got my WD for you. <laughs> so um, I never get to talk about King of the Hill. Um, but I feel like I want to also add something with Always Sunny. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Always Sunny is because a lot of shows take that straight man and like people make they get the jokes off of playing on like yeah. serious guy. Always Sunny is like the antithesis to that. Because no one is the straight man in that. Everyone is just chaotic. It's just, oh yeah, it's just everyone off rails. And I that's feel a show that like, like literally has like, is so successful. There is one character in that show that has any sort of character development, and it's just Mac, and it's just like basically him just eventually realizing that he's gay, which you know they kind of do masterfully at the end of the thirteenth season, I think. But like the whole time it's just like wow these people are just terrible people the entire show like, mm-hmm. it just i i think i i think the show is funny and it's kind of it, it's still watchable but like i don't know man it's like there's no development and i look for character development like, these people are just the body transformations that matt goes through yeah dude honestly <laughs> rob rob McElhenry or whoever you say it is like one of the best actors and most committed actors for such a fucking stupid role gets fat as fuck gets ripped as fuck yeah like, really ripped. like super ripped and you know like just just for this dumb ass fucking role on tv you know like and it's it's funny though like i just found out the other day because i've always known that d and mac are married in real life mm. <laughs> apparently vince didn't know that i didn't <laughs> Apparently, Charlie and the waitress are married in real you didn't life know too. That one? No, I just found oh, that out. Like they yesterday. were married when the show started, I believe. Oh, I did not know Mac that. Mac and uh, Mac and D, uh, they you know they met through the show and got married while like the show was going on. Uh-huh. And I found out that uh, D was actually an aspiring actress at the beginning of the show, and then she turned down the role at first, but then she went for audition and failed it, and that's why they always make fun of her for trying to act in the show. <laughs> <laughs> That shows true genius, or whoever whoever got Danny DeVito to join on, because that show does not is not no, where yeah, it is. It does not. It doesn't get past it the first three seasons. It doesn't start until Danny DeVito's. Right. There. Yeah. Like he makes like just fucking weird gremlin looking dude like <laughs> playing this role. Like I don't even know what he was doing before it, or how he even possibly got into acting in the first place. Not that he's a bad actor, but he just looks fucking funny. You he, know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's why he got the role as the penguin. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. amazing how many roles are perfect for him. Yeah. Right. Never give up on your dreams, folks. Oh, yeah. hey, no matter um, how weird and disgusting. How much time you do we have? <laughs> it looks like we have about five minutes left. Okay, so I want to do a quick run through because I feel like the yeah. reason why me and Vince are both on this podcast. Oh shit, we forgot yeah. to talk about this. Uh, so last Sunday, oh, yeah, me and me and Vince, uh, and so it was supposed to be Nick as well. Uh, we went to yeah. the DIA. Busy to, weekend. <laughs> yeah, uh, we went to the DIA to watch um, the the nominated animated and live action shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a really cool thing a DIA does. Mm-hmm. Like uh, every February, they show all the short films that have been nominated for Academy Awards. So, best animated short film nominees. You guys saw those? Yep. Mm-hmm. So we got uh, Desira, daughter, um, Hair Love, uh, Kitbull, Memorable, and Sister. Any of those uh, stick out? Do you guys all know? Who, do you guys know who out. won? Yeah, yeah I, we. I do. We, yeah. Okay. So I will say. Um, 
my favorite was memorable because mm-hmm. I thought it was um, it was a good message. It was heartfelt and it had a really good animation to mm-hmm. it. It was there was a surprising half of those that you read off were all stop motion, which is honestly oh, okay. really surprising to see that that much stop motion. Yeah, was and I love. I'm a huge fan of stop motion. Like, is that, that like is that, is that like claymation? Yeah, it's yeah. claymation is a like form balls of stop and grommet. Yeah. Yep, yep, okay. yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Vince, who, what was your favorite? Well, fa- well, well my give us favorite. A, give it, wait, hold on. Before you do that, give us a brief synopsis of Memorable. Um, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, this it's it's French movies, so it's mm-hmm. all French. So this uh, French artist, uh, he has Alzheimer's and he's losing his memory, and they illustrate it in this very creative, unique, beautiful way. And mm-hmm. kind of like a movie we saw last year. I, honestly, like yeah. I feel like they didn't get picked because it was Alzheimer's, and they feel like it was overplayed. Okay, gotcha. So I mean, it was I liked it still. Okay. Vince? It was it was beautifully done the way as the man's memory degenerates the cuz like at first it's everything is very like trying to be like photorealistic animation style and as the man's memory degenerates everything becomes more and more abstracted. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So like it was very artsy and it worked yeah, well. Yeah, very well. Uh the the winner though, like Wait, hold on, wait. Before oh. we get to the winner, Vince, which one did you think deserved winning? Uh Hair Love. Okay, that is the winner. Yep. Yep. Okay, did you call it before before you found out? Uh, I had no idea which one would win, but that's the one I wanted to win. Okay, so let's it was very cute. Explain yeah. that one. So it's the it's it's uh this it, it shows this little black girl, uh, and that's important, uh, important details. Mm-hmm. This little black girl wakes up and she's uh, it's, it's it's a it's a you can see on her calendar they circle. Fear number three. How the president grabbed me. We'll move on to politics in a second. We got to get yeah. through this real quick. Yep, yep. We'll just do so, animated because live action really, there's not much to talk about. So we'll go through I'm, fast. So <laughs> so, uh, you know, and so she, you can so see, it's excited. Yeah. She's excited for the day. We don't know why she's excited for this particular day, but it's circled in her calendar, and she's excited. She runs to the bathroom and she tries to do her hair, and she does a really bad job of doing <laughs> her hair. And so she goes to her dad, you know, who's also black. Uh, uh, and uh, you know he, she asked him to help uh, do her hair, and it, it, it's like he has no idea how to work with her hair. <laughs> yeah, and, so like she has a big ass fro. It's huge. Yeah. So that's why it's important. Vince keeps saying that she's black. It's yeah. because she has black girl hair yeah it's just like big and beautiful and chaotic Mm. and it's like how do you tame that and and it's 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 a neat little story about how you know uh hairstyles that are specifically for black people you know for that kind of hair like it's not commonly known like it's not like something that's appreciated like it's there's this attitude almost that for a black person's hair to look good they have to do something to it to make it look like a white person's hair yeah and it's showing how you know that affects that's that's so prevalent that even even black people don't always know how to style their own hair mm. well and like with this even though you know her own dad is black he doesn't he doesn't know what to do with her hair and so uh he actually has to look it up on youtube <laughs> and it's it's a it's really cute you know him learning how to actually do something nice with her his daughter's hair and still have it be like very african yeah and them like bonding because of it 
Yeah. So. Um, I liked it a lot. In conclusion, like you know, he figures it out, and uh, then the, you see where like the, um, the, the YouTube what, tutorials yeah. that they're looking at was is important to the ending. Yeah. So they end up going to the hospital, and um, it, they are there to see uh, his wife and her mom. And it's revealed that you know she's completely bald and she has cancer, and she was yeah, the person of in the, therapy. Because, yeah, yeah, and uh, it's revealed that she is the person in those tutorials. Oh, so, doing the hair. So that's why yeah. her daughter was like so. It was so important for her to have nice hair to see yeah. her mom. Mm-hmm. And like the whole family has beautiful hair. Yeah, <laughs> the dad really. has like these these amazing dreadlocks. Yeah, animated, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean and. And it's really nice that this was made by Sony Animation. Like, I am so happy to see Sony Animation Studios crawling out of the gutter. Because <laughs> they were terrible for a long time. And uh, uh, I'm mispronouncing the dude's last name. Tartofsky, the, the guy who made Dexter's Lab and Samurai mm-hmm. Jack. You know, he's been uh, helping that studio like yeah you know not be the most embarrassing thing ever <laughs> wait so what is one of their things that's embarrassing <sighs> like i don't really the fact the, that you have to ask yeah, yeah is honestly yeah. like a good thing like the thing the <laughs> thing they were most known for before spider-man into the spider-verse mm-hmm. uh was sausage party and any movie where you see a Twinkie okay, getting so, a blowjob so from a con- hot dog bun is, yeah. Right, so first of all, Sausage Party, you have to be inebriated <laughs> to enjoy that. I love that. It's Seth Rogen, you know, yeah. it's like uh, and ridiculous. And two, Sausage Party yeah. was not made by one studio. It was passed along and kicked oh, down the road I didn't forever. know that. I thought it's it was just Sony, Sony. It's not Sony animation. That movie, uh, mm-hmm. Hair Love, was not made by, it was it was uh, uh, published by Sony. The Sony oh. gave that money. It was mm-hmm. a different studio. I actually follow oh. the, the before the movie even came out. I, see, I did not like, know that uh, on Instagram. The artist who makes it. And yeah. I, honestly, I don't like him. <laughs> but I liked his movie. I think that's the best thing he's ever done. Um, All right. Um. Let, but let, let, let's move on because yeah. we're already like probably like five. Okay. Hold on. Let's real quick. Uh, okay. Best live action short film nominees. Oh, Brotherhood, okay. NAFTA football or NAFTA football club. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the neighbor's window. Uh, Sierra, a sister. Okay, can I get, uh, just give a quick synopsis? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right, so the live action uh, for, is so much better than last year. Yes, one hundred percent. You yes. don't leave feeling like you want to puke. You don't oh. leave because feeling you, like you want to watch some My Little it do, Pony. It doesn't feel like you. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a gut punch. So it, these are more them, uplifting. They yeah. they weren't just like there was uplifting ones, and then there was ones that like you know they had dramatic moments, but there was like lighthearted moments in there to balance it out. It wasn't all just complete dread and like it was like skin awful. and that one with the little oh, boy yeah, all, all, to the, all yes, of them, man. the fox yeah uh, but uh, my pick out of that was an FTA football club it was uh, it was straight up comedy it's hilarious mm-hmm. okay it really is. really damn good. i'm sad i missed out i should have bought my ticket way earlier uh and then uh, too many concerts this weekend guys the winner is the neighborhood one it's about like this um the new neighbor's york family you know, uh, yeah new york and, apartment and, and they their the, apartments are facing a, a young couple that just moved in and mm-hmm. then they 
never, never, the young couple never bought blinds and they just like have sex all the time and parties. And then this, <laughs> and old, so like, this the, older sounds like couple, how my neighbors probably feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so this older couple just like they develop a habit of just like staring at them through the window. And they buy binoculars so they can watch them better. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then um, it, it turn it takes a, a slightly dark turn. Um, the one of the uh, the bo- the male and the the couple. Uh, he develops cancer, and you see him like lose his hair, and he's like on a like a sick bed, and you see him eventually they take his body away, and it starts becoming like sad, and it's like oh wow, this young couple had so much life and so much to live yeah. for, uh, it took a really like dark turn, uh, and then eventually there's like a confrontation right at the end there between like the the mom and the the girlfriend. Um, so the the mom from the older yeah, couple the and the, the girlfriend the, from the younger couple. Yes, okay. thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's revealed that the the young uh, woman was actually envious of her the whole time. She oh. was, she loved like watching her kids and like how they how like she like admired that that they were able to keep a like a family uh, going and she lo- thought they were so cute and. It, 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 that's, I a, can, that's a good fucking notion. It's mm-hmm. it's good. And yeah. honestly, it would be my second pick out of all those. Y- yeah. So I'm I'm glad like something of good substance one. Yeah. No, like I the grass I, isn't yeah, always greener. My, essentially. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And to you know appreciate what you have because what you have, there's someone good else message. who is you know definitely a good like, message. Yeah. It it, it it I really like that one. And and I really like I thought yeah the whole selection was really good and i wish we had more time to go over them in depth but yeah my my neighbor's window really good good message good acting very entertaining deserving of an award well let's take the basically the overall point of that story into our next segment Mm. and let's try to think that maybe the grass isn't as greener on the other side and it comes to Mm. our political statement Roger Stone, sentenced to nine years, or uh, recommended to be sentenced to nine years in prison. But, you know, Trump's friend immediately starts uh, tweeting about it. And then um, uh, Anthony Barr comes out, says, nope, he's not getting nine years. We're going to recommend, we're going to overtake this, causing all the legal team that uh, suggested this punishment for him for obstructing Congress, fucking with investigations and whatnot. A carnival of criminality, as Edward Snowden put it. Causing all the people that were working on this to fucking just abruptly quit because, you know, as we predicted from the fallout of the acquittal of Donald Trump, he truly can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. So tell me how the grass is greener on our side still, guys. Uh, oh, boy. New Hampshire. Yes. New Hampshire. <laughs> and Iowa. Democratic <laughs> But especially primaries. New Hampshire. Oh, no, I- Iowa was a shit show. But. I am uh, taking, I'll take a moment here. Because I have a gift for you guys. Ooh. Jordan has a gift for us, guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Oh, cool. We have Bernie Sanders bumper stickers. And they're rainbow Bernie Sanders bumper stickers. Oh, hell yeah. My All neighbors right. are going to fucking love this. Yes. I'm slamming my Bernie mug down. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a mug. We are engaging in the positive side of politics. This the grass year, is friends. greener. Bernie Sanders has come out on top of uh, New Hampshire, though some say mm-hmm. maybe not as high as he should have, but still in the lead, um, even though Buttigieg still 
Uh, Surprisingly, yeah, like, has I mean, very close. But so this is my takeaway from mm-hmm. the the results. Okay, all right. Iowa and New Hampshire both both mainly are primarily white states. Correct. And if you saw the minority votes, Bernie Sanders was winning in well over double digits from the next highest, mm. uh, which was Pete. And or uh, I think Biden actually got second in the minority votes. And he's still, but it's New he Hampshire, so yeah. he's he's still, you know, unviable. Wasn't he like fourth place? Fourth place, yeah. unviable, no yeah. delegates. Yeah. Same with Warren, which is yeah. very surprising. It's like with Warren, yeah. you know, it's Warren's good, done though. very badly these two like primaries, and I think the big reason for her very poor performance is, you know, ever since she's started bringing on, like, uh, Obama and Clinton, especially Clinton staffers onto her campaign, um, she's gotten less and less progressive. progressive. Like, she, if you notice, the last couple debates she's been in, she doesn't talk about progressive issues anymore. She just talks about, like, unity and I'm a woman uh, and... Uh, Bernie said he, woman can't be president. Oh, and like, oh, uh, that, and, and the thing is, yeah, that and, that left a dirty mark. And I, and yeah, and, it, and so the thing is, she essentially, you know, she. I'm assuming those the Clinton and Obama staffers told her you need to tr- be more moderate, and so she got more quote unquote moderate, and her very progressive base abandoned her. Yeah, they which is to, I mean, I was a I was a Warren supporter until Yeah, me too. until like about like probably a week before that debate where she said that to Bernie like mm-hmm. about the woman thing came out. Yeah. Like I mean, that wasn't the reason that I switched. I switched right before that Dylan just convinced me, you know, and you know, being Dylan's brother, I can't not root for Bernie Sanders. It's not <laughs> it's not legal, I don't think. Oh, yeah. and I know Dylan listens to my episode. So, hey Dylan. Hi Dylan. <laughs> You're cool. Up, bro? A, a, Hi Anna. A tweet from Eon Higgins, a verified Twitter account, so I have no idea if this is true or not, but it's something I saw today that I screenshot and sent to Dylan. Mm-hmm. Warren's done. Canceling ads buys in South Carolina and Nevada after that New Hampshire performance. It's over. Only questions are, how long will it take? Will she try to take Bernie down with her? So, no. assuming that's true, if she's canceling ads, that means she her campaign essentially yeah. is over. Yeah. yeah. Which, what, what does that mean for Bernie Sanders? It means I, that uh, Warren supporters... Uh, are going to get behind Bernie, mm-hmm. or are they going to get behind Klobuchar? Because of no, I, I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of Warren supporters like her ideas, but don't like Bernie Sanders because of how everything went down with the Bernie Bros with Hillary, and Klobuchar gaining steam came coming in third in New Hampshire. Um, she seems pragmatic and likable. I don't, I don't hate her. I don't, I don't support her, but like. I like her much better than I like uh, Mayor Pete yeah. or Joe Biden or goddamn a lot better than Michael I like Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg. Yeah. You see what happened at a Bloomberg rally today? No. no what happened? What happened? Uh, in in uh, Chattanooga, a protester got on mic on the stage and said, this is not um, a democracy. This is plutocracy before they could remove him. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what plutocracy means, it, but ba- I mean... Basically, uh, I it, it's so this is with buying it, it's, the it's the same it's a similar sort of thing to a kleptocracy basically it's like a small amount of really rich and influential people hold all the power and they're the only real decision makers right which is what Bloomberg I think Bernie's real real last threat mm-hmm. because I mean Mayor Pete do you see the do you see the ad Joe Biden set out against Mayor Pete no 
Oh my god, it is so funny. You guys keep talking to me, try to pull it up. You guys okay. so, so while you're honestly, I, so, I fucking love it. So while you're pulling up that ad, so something with Pete Buttigieg that I was very unhappy to hear uh, recently was he he uh, hired a uh, Goldman Sachs uh, executive. Oh, uh, big surprise. So- Sonal Shah. I'm <laughs> butchering her name. I'm sure, but she worked at Goldman Sachs from like 2004 to 2007. So she's one of the people who you know helped set up the Great Recession. That's, that's the worst and, of the worst. Yeah, and uh, he's he's bringing her onto his campaign. Like he and if he this if, is Biden, no, this is Buttigieg. Oh, fuck and if Buttigieg is like courting, like courting those kind of like greedy, selfish, like you know, schmucks like that, mm-hmm. he wants those people in power. That is not a good sign for how he would run the country if he, he was elected president. Biden can't really talk and can't perform in debates. Buttigieg will not get the black vote. No. It has no exp- like. Listen, listen to this ad. I found it. Okay. Um, uh, it's so funny. Called Joe Biden. Best vice president America's ever had. But Pete Buttigieg doesn't think much of the vice president's record. Let's compare. When President Obama called on him, Joe Biden helped lead the passage of the Affordable Care Act, which gave health care to 20 million people. And when parkgoers called on Pete Buttigieg, he installed decorative lights under bridges, giving citizens of South Bend colorfully illuminated rivers. Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Buttigieg so have taken on tough fights. Under threat of a nuclear Iran, Joe Biden helped to negotiate the Iran deal. And under threat of disappearing pets, Buttigieg negotiated lighter licenses regulations on pet chip scanners. Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Pete have helped shape our economy. Joe Biden helped save the auto industry, which revitalized the economy of the Midwest and led the passage and implementation of the Recovery Act, saving our economy from a depression. Pete Buttigieg revitalized the sidewalks of downtown South Bend by laying out decorative brick. And both Biden and (laughs) 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 That music that goes along with it. Biden passed the assault weapons ban through Congress. There's like one heavy hit at the end. Against women and even when public pressure mounted against him, former Mayor Pete fired the first African-American police chief of South Bend. And then he forced out the African-American fire chief, too. We're electing a president. So, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want Joe Biden to win, but that's a fucking brilliant. yeah. That's that's that. that. It, it's all yeah. playing out beautifully. Warren dropping out, Yang mm-hmm. dropping out. Both their support are just going to right. get Go to, behind uh, Bernie. Yang supporters are definitely going to Bernie. Believe, well, Yang also has a lot of like dark supporters who like are just like want a thousand dollars, you know? Because like, how do you solve climate change? Minority. I would say one thousand dollars. The point is, those are votes that are going to now go to Bernie. Yeah. And then we have Biden and Buttigieg pretty much fighting it out, and Bernie just on the sidelines watching it. Because Dude, and Klobuchar hates Buttigieg more than anybody. All yeah, the which I don't get. But <laughs> so yeah. They're just all going for the guy in second. It's like the Spike Show and Mario Kart yeah. doesn't go for Bernie. It goes for the guy in second. Yeah. And Bernie's like unattackable. Like, yeah, what it's are you like, him on? like he, he has the boombox. You don't agree he with can his break ideas. The blue That's shell. about it. Like, I mean, it's good because Bernie already has everyone else against him. And then you yeah. see that you see that Bloomberg tape that's about to about to drop or that already has dropped, like of him talking oh, about. Yeah. Oh my God, that is Ooh, egregious. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Like no, I didn't hear this. Here, Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at this. You can keep okay. talking. Um, so basically, it's him talking about like I think it's I think I don't know when it was uh recorded, but it's basically yeah. him talking about. 
I think something to do with his uh, stop and frisk rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, the best rule <laughs> ever. So he's trying to explain, like, saying, like, yo, well, you got to go to minority cities because that's where all the crime is. And, like, you got to put a lot of cops there. And, like, you got people are going to complain about people getting arrested for marijuana charges. But if you have a bunch of cops on the street, they're not going to have their guns out there because there's cops everywhere. And it just, just shows that, like, okay, you don't really understand why minority places are, or urban places are the way they are. Mm-hmm. You're just, like, using, like, straight facts that there are more, that, yeah, there's more crime in those areas. Just but like, you because don't know. they're black. Because right. they're black, that's why they're doing it. And, yeah. so of course, we're going to attack You don't understand this fucking systematic thing, thing we do against people that are impoverished. Yeah. Not that all black people are impoverished, but, like, yeah. And then he literally is the, making the most oppressive systematic thing you can do right yeah it's and, disgusting well and it's and, and his words are clear mm-hmm. they aren't it's no other way to interpret them mm-hmm. it, it's very blatant in what his intentions were mm-hmm. and it's disgusting mm-hmm. it's, wow it's really gross well it's like it's, it's like there's so many things wrong with this guy uh, yeah. dude, i can't wait for him he's, to get on the debate stage he, he's oh like yeah. he hasn't been on a single debate no yeah, it's, he just bought his way into one of them though. well yeah and i mean like that's it's so messed up that this like bigoted racist old man wields so much power just because he's rich right. like it's so messed up and that's that's why i think myself and a lot of other people are so excited for the bernie sanders can- candidacy is because we want to make a system where money isn't the the most decisive factor of mm. you know a political campaign you know right where you know we want to make a system where you know one miserable old hack can't you know just try to buy their way into office you know like they always say like the rich are scared of bernie sanders you know i think i think that's fucking bullshit i think they just like like their money a little bit they're not fucking scared you know what's gonna happen to them if bernie sanders gets elected they're gonna be fucking fine because they're so, fucking rich as shit. Well, They'll so I think I think Nick, if you look at how some of them act in interviews, I think some of these rich people they are genuinely terrified that oh, they might see, make like a million long. less dollars a year. Because right. I, I mean, like, have like you seen are. like Chris Matthews on MSNBC? Like he mm. said, he said. Uh, on air that Bernie Sanders seems like the kind of guy who would have people like dragged out into Central Park and shot. Like, dude, it, they just don't want him to win. Like, I don't. I think they just don't want to lose some of their money to pay for taxes and help, help it, bring other it people up. It is fear. Up. It is fear. It's, I don't think it's, it's irrational fear. I mean, I don't think it's fear. I think it's more like they just want as much money as they can. It, them being they fear they're, losing they're, it. It's, it's them being pragmatic in a capitalist society. Like they. Your goal is to make as much money as you can, and to act and, afraid. Like to, and, you're and gonna that's, tell me that and these that's, people that are and, this rich are Nick, actually and, fucking terrified of Bernie Sanders' presidency. So, like, no, they don't got shit to worry about. Well, nothing's gonna and, happen to them. They have nothing to fear. But that's the that's thing. How that's, that's, that's how they're forced that's to act. Thing. That's how they're forced to act. This is a fucking game that they're playing. They're not so fucking scared. Their mindset is not healthy. Them mm-hmm. acting in fear helps instill fear in others. So Bloomberg's presidency is Mm -hmm. a business decision yeah he knows under bernie sanders he's Mm -hmm. gonna probably lose uh like uh, like three billion dollars he has 60 billion dollars he is so fucking rich yeah he Mm -hmm. spent like what 300 million already on ads which is like the equivalent of us dropping a penny on the ground Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i mean it's a sizable chunk he's trying to use it's not it's like less than one percent of his worth you know it it definitely is it's like if we Um, got it if we got into like a if we got a ticket we'd be more of a Mm-hmm. I, know, I know. Yeah. So it's an investment. 
Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. how Wall Street, like the fines that they had to pay after mm-hmm. like the housing crisis that they caused. Yeah. It was just like, that's the cost of doing business. His cost of doing business in his uh, mind's eye is that he's just going to spend a tri- like a billion dollars on his presidential run. And mm-hmm. if he comes out, he's not going to get taxed uh, through $2 billion. So he made a billion dollars essentially right. by trying to becoming president. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 actually, you know, Nick, you you bring up a good good point there. You know how like these businesses, like or these these CEO, these executives, like their mindset is we need to make as much money as possible. It, you know, I think the technical term for that is a fiduciary responsibility. You know, <laughs> that just to to yeah. always be maximizing profits, and that's one of the reasons why I and again I say this again I and I think a lot of other people are excited for Bernie's candidacy is we, we want to try and make a country where that isn't the law of the land because when you have a system where uh, everyone in power essentially is uh, incentivized to uh, uh, always be trying to maximize profits it will always incentivize the worst kind of behavior because really the way you maximize profits is you behave horribly. Like, right. you know, if we had, if we brought child labor back, if we scrapped all our child labor laws and we had little kids working like eight hour shifts in oh, factories again, we'll like that would, money. no, seriously, right. that would maximize profits. That would be an insanely profitable thing to do but we as a country uh you know or it's citizens and unions rather you know force the decision that uh profits aren't worth ruining the lives of children and so we may you know it was made illegal to it made child labor laws were passed it was made illegal to have little kids working in you know eight hour shifts in factories right and we we need to do that again where it's like yeah it it does increase your profit margins more to not care at all about global warming do not care all about your environment environmental impact to your company but we're gonna force you to change that because if we continue to have a society where that's the 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 gold standard that's the ultimate goal that's is to be making all of the money where 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 everything's just going to get worse and it's just going to keep getting worse because that's how you that's where making all of the money that's where maximizing profits will inevitably well, lead to and we need to get away from that and we're it's capitalism man. It's late stage and, capitalism and, and yeah well, well we're in the late stage right, of capitalism right. we're seeing the fallout of what capitalism can lead mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. unchecked unchecked, unchecked mm-hmm. capitalism mixed with like a groundswell of technology and it's mm-hmm. constantly yeah it's constantly so like half andrew half, half of what andrew yang is saying i just don't think giving everyone a thousand dollars a month is the right fucking answer we're not well we're well, not the there is, where it's necessary but we do need to be talking about it because eventually yeah. it is the right well, well and, and the thing is like we waste right, we don't need to give we, everybody well, well we waste so much money on like our military budget and let me be clear when i say waste money i'm not saying that like our 
true we're wasting money on our troops on our military personnel and veterans because they get screwed like all that that gigantic military mm. budget we have that's not going to like help wounded veterans when they come home or pay like, increases for soldiers it's no yeah no no it's going to like fucking fatten the the you know, wallets of slimy defense contractors who pour you know who get money to make these like cockamamie new weapons right, or vehicles or Man. garbage yeah that are, are play metal gear solid for <laughs> like uh you know that like it's it's a it's a system where a ton of money is wasted on new weapon systems and vehicles that never actually pan out that are never actually practical but we waste gobs of money so that a few like ceos can make it can make a ton of profits off this and we if we have the money to waste to you know give uh make blackwater private security wealthy then you know we have money to give each of our citizens a thousand dollars a month because that would be much more beneficial for the nation overall than you know overpaying on strikers that are not you know, really all that effective of a weapon against, you know, suicide bombers or the kind of attacks that ISIS would or Al-Qaeda would use. Yeah, I just want to make it clear that, like, uh, like solve, or electing Bernie Sanders is not fucking just, like, everything's not good. We also have to fucking fight hard in the fucking Senate, especially in the Senate, because, like, we have to get, take total control or essentially do anything. And also... If for some reason Bernie Sanders is not the nominee, we have to unite around, even if it's fucking Mike Bloomberg. We mm-hmm. have to unite because mm-hmm. Donald Trump, as Bernie Sanders says himself, is the most dangerous president in the course of fucking human history. And Mike Bloomberg is just like one step below Trump, mm-hmm. but one yeah. step below is progress in my book. Or mm-hmm. it's just right. objectively better. Right. It's, it's like Michael Bloomberg isn't, even though he's racist. And greedy and doesn't care about 99% of the people in this country, at least he is not in favor of, you know, putting Mexican immigrants in concentration camps. I mean, like, who does that? Who at, at puts, least, Mex- you know, who puts children in concentration he's got camps? He's climate change on the, yeah. on the books. Uh, that's on his campaign. Uh, climate change is, like, one of his big platforms. Um, and then he's not out of control. Donald Trump yeah. is now completely unchained. He... Yeah. He has completely, like, he's exonerated to whatever he does. He is no longer president. He is a king. He can do whatever he wants. He is a he's a straight up dictator. You can see uh, it on his Twitter. When you see that video he posted of him going to be like D- Donald Trump twenty twenty, Donald Trump twenty twenty four, Donald Trump twenty twenty eight, Donald Trump or twenty thirty two, and he went all up to like twenty one hundred. Like we're nowhere he's even alive, but like yeah. saying like he's gonna be president for fucking ever. And it's like. Dude, wait till he if he wins his next term, and then like they fucking repeal the twenty fifth amendment, where you're gonna have two terms as a president. Like, dude, I swear to God, they'll probably fucking try to do some shit like that. They, if they well, retain and, and it's like it's He's been like in the since in the, the first year, you yeah. yeah. Well, and this it's 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 actually you know it's this this uh, reminds you of an interesting point that was brought up in the last uh, Democratic presidential debate. 
or Andrew Yang. Love him. You know, he basically said that uh, um, he would not be in favor of prosecuting Trump if he was elected president because that sets a very dangerous precedence uh, because you see that in a lot of uh, dictatorships or autocracies where uh, one new leader being elected into office immediately going after and like criminally prosecuting the people who are in power before them. It's a slippery slope and it leads to some very bad things. And so, and then Bernie countered with, you know, this president has done and we know that he's done he committed all sorts of crimes. He's done all kinds of wrong things. And if we just let him get away with this scot-free, then it sends a message to future presidents that, hey, if you're the president, you can get away with anything. Laws do not apply to you. And that's why, like, even though I'm sure prosecuting Trump will be a miserable and just miserable slog like and it's not something i am looking i'm with something i wish we didn't have to do but it's something i think we have to do to preserve our democracy to show everyone that hey the president of the united states is not a king they are not above the law they are beholden to the laws of the land just like every other citizen yeah, of our yeah, country and straight up fuck that guy regardless i say take him out not like don't kill him but like fucking prosecute him for what he fucking deserves civil war civil war <laughs> civil war too up baby get your guns it's still legal um uh, guys thanks for joining me jordan where can we find you follow you anything you want to promote Six studio every three months or so <laughs> and uh, I love you all I'm Vince, where can we find you follow you anything you want to promote uh, so my my friend Craig does a podcast about the Simpsons called Noiseland Arcade uh, one of the most nostalgic and just in gen consistently enjoyable podcasts I've ever listened to love it when I promote it and you can't find me anywhere I'm sorry I love you all too <laughs> well get me on that cast I'll, I'll, I'll do an episode but um, you can find me on, on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Wigella. you can find me on Facebook at Nick Wigella. find us on Facebook at Split 6 Media follow us anywhere you can get podcasts um, this has been the Split 6 Podcast thank you for splitting 6 with us remember it's more important to listen to somebody else than it is for them to listen to you and we'll be back next week. Uh, I forget what I was supposed to say, but thank you guys for splitting six with us. We love you. Yeah. Love. <laughs>